Today, we go and you'll see I got a, a new stole. It was a, a Christmas present just for as a member, memory of John Slauson. Maria got it for me. And it's a millennium stole. This is a millennium stole. And with the millennium stole is it goes through the whole last 2,000 year history of Jesus and the church. And so it starts out here with the birth of Jesus, you know, and then it goes to his multiplying loaves and fishes. And then it goes to him making Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell for 2,000 years have not prevailed against it by God's grace. And then it comes to the Last Supper, and then Jesus dying on the cross, and then the gift of Pentecost. And then you go in the back, and he says, go and make all the disciples of all nations. And then it goes down here in the bottom, and the first martyrs who gave up their life for Christ. And then the... Uh, uh, the, the uh, baptism of Clovis, and then the monasteries, and then the, uh, us reaching out and healing the sick, and then the Mass and the sacraments, bringing all people to Christ, and then the priests going and proclaiming the good news, and then finally in the back is when we become one church, one nation of many races and many peoples. And today, if you watch all this on the television, you could see how because of one man, the whole world celebrated the birth of one man, Jesus Christ. You know, as much as they tried to get beyond it and said, well, on some people's calendar, the whole world was afraid, you know. People thought Jesus was coming, and I said, for sure, for sure. I told all my kids at prep who were so afraid. I said, listen, I can assure you of one thing. He's not coming New Year's Day, I promise you, because he'll come in a time you least expect him. And those who wait, I tell them again and again, those who wait to the 12th hour to convert usually die at 11.30 anyway. So, they'll probably come the day before. So, you got to sit there and get that, right? But all this reality was all because of one man, and this man was all because of one woman. And that's why the church, in its wisdom, always begins the new year with Mary, the mother of God. And so must it be with our lives that we start with Mary, the mother of God. As the example, and as you know, some people struggle with Mary. I know, I know, I know. But let's see, you know, St. Mother Teresa, not yet. But Mother Teresa, very simple. She used to say, no Mary, no Jesus. You know, it's that simple. And in humanity, she was right. No Mary, no Jesus. You know, it still bugs me that a lot of our people don't have great devotion to Our Lady. And we'll never become the parish God wants us to become until every member has great devotion to Our Lady. I'm sorry, it's as simple as it is. You know, I've been reading the book of Padre Pio. Padre Pio, what a great saint of God. And he lived for Our Lady and for Jesus. That Jesus came because one woman said yes and was obedient to the Father, was obedient. And that one woman said, yes, contradicted. You know, all of sin came into the world because of no of one woman, Eve. She said no, sin entered the world. Mary said yes, grace entered the world. And because of the yes of that woman, Mary, salvation has come upon the world. She doesn't bring the cell. Well, she brings salvation as much as she brings us Christ. The first priest, if you will, was Our Lady. Our Lady was someone who Christ, who is God, needed by His will.
He willed to need Mary in his humanity. Again, to sit there and think of the reality, you know, and it just, I, ah, the images that, of Christ having to have his diaper changed, of Christ having to go and uh, going to the bathroom and having his mother teach him how to hold him up in a corner. Very human images. But Jesus needed her as much as he needed anything. The God of the universe humbled himself before this woman. And if you read in the scripture, and again, get this, open your Bibles. You know, today we started with Luke chapter 2, 14. But I want you to go a little bit after that. And here we start with uh, Luke chapter 2, it might have been uh, 16. Yeah, they went and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Once they saw, they understood what had been told them concerning a child. Verse 19, Mary treasured all these things and reflected on them in her heart. This is verse 19, chapter 2. The shepherds returned glorifying God. But let's go on to the very next page, still in the same chapter, chapter 2, verse 51. The last verse of the last two verses of this chapter. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. The God of the universe was obedient to Mary. The God of the universe was obedient to Mary in Christ Jesus. How could we not be obedient to Mary? If Christ was obedient to Mary, how could we not be obedient to Mary? Do I say obey? You got it. That's what I'm saying. God was obedient to Mary. How could any of us say, I will not be obedient to Mary? You're better than Jesus? Really? You don't need her? Oh, better than Christ? Really? Oh, I go right to Jesus, I don't need Mary? That ain't what we're saying. I'm not saying Mary's taking the place of God. We're saying that we need to be obedient to her because, again, the last thing he gave us on the cross was his mother. Again, in case you want to look at that and underline it, go to John chapter um, chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. Seeing his mother there with the disciple whom he loved, Jesus said to his mother, Woman, there is your son. In turn, he said to his disciple, There is your mother. From that hour onward, the disciple took her into his care. Have you yet taken Mary into your care? Christ from the cross gave, Don always, always signifies the church. He gave you to Mary and he gave Mary to you. And you and I need to take her into our care. Now, again, the reason I talk about this, and what's this about the millennium? What's this got to do with Mary? It got everything to do with her. Because God chose that to be that way. And what does that mean for us? Well, that means that I have to take her into my care, first of all. And then I have to be obedient to her, okay? I got to be obedient to Our Lady. Now, please, you got to make sure that you are, because when you're obedient to her, 
Then you're going to listen to the very last words ever recorded that Mary said in the Bible. It's in John's Gospel. Let's go back to John chapter 2. Remember, we must be obedient to Mary. And if we're obedient to Mary, chapter 2 of John's Gospel, the last known words of Our Lady in the Scriptures, the last recorded words of Mary, is in chapter 2 of John's Gospel, verse 5. His mother instructed those waiting on table, do whatever he tells you. Are you going to be obedient to Mary? Yes, and if you're going to be obedient to Mary, what are you and I going to do? Do whatever Jesus tells us. You know, so you never have to worry about, well, if you look at Our Lady, you're going to get all caught up in her and you're not going to go to Jesus. I promise you, the only reason I'm a priest here before you is because Our Lady took me by her hand and she dragged me to Jesus and said, you get to know my son. But I honor her every year since I have been ordained by God's grace 10 years. I have dedicated and rededicated my priesthood to her every year on my anniversary day. Every year. And I know that if I'll ever be a saint of God, it's going to be because of Our Lady's intercession. Because I was given away at baptism by my mother, to our true mother in heaven. And if you want to, if you struggle with holiness, you got to go to Our Lady. She will teach you as she taught Jesus. I promise you that. And if you think you're going to be holy without her, <laughs> keep dreaming. You're living in a fantasy world. So as we enter into the new millennium, we got to rededicate ourselves to Our Lady. We've got to be obedient to her. And when as we're obedient to her, then we will do whatever Jesus tells us. And that goes to the thing that I want to just encourage you as you begin a new year, a new millennium. Please. You and I got to dedicate ourselves more than anything else to prayer and obedience. And let me say you need both. There are too many people that pray and then go ahead and do their own thing. You and I, if we're going to pray, we're going to have to learn to obey. And that's really to obey. The hardest thing in my life, the hardest vow I ever took, and I had to take it twice, the bishop was obedient. And if I pray all the time, I like to pray, I spend all my time here before the Lord, and yet I'm disobedient to the bishop, I am doing nothing in God's will, because I'm doing it my way. And it's the same with each of us. So each of us need to be people who dedicate ourselves to prayer this year, that every day I am committed to prayer. If there's anything else that I do more than anything else, it's wrong. I've got to be a person committed to prayer. Even if I'm taking care of my kids, I better be doing it and praying. I've got to be, my whole life got to become a prayerful life. So if there's anything you want to think about, what should I do this year? What kind of New Year's resolution? You become a person of prayer. And if people will begin to sit there and say, boy, you've changed, what happened? Oh, I decide to pray. And not just saying rosaries every once in a while, and not just going through our motions of saying prayers. Prayers is not the same thing as praying. Again, the Pharisees prayed three, four, five, six times a day. It doesn't make you holy. Prayer is entering into the intimacy of a relationship with Christ. It's listening to him. Always prayer should be more listening than it is talking. If you're doing more talking in prayer, well, you're going to have to grow in that. 
don't stop praying. Don't stop doing what you do. But after you said all your prayers, then shut up for at least five minutes and say, okay, God, I've done a lot of talking now. What do you want? That's when prayer will start changing your life. And then second, the obedience thing. Mary was obedient to the will of the Father. Jesus was obedient to Mary and Joseph. We need to be obedient to primarily Christ, but Christ speaks primarily through who? The church. You gotta be obedient to the church. You know, so often I hear more and more that people say, well, you know, what's the church know about that? And I'm just so mad at the church. Get over it. Humble yourself. You and I got to humble ourselves before that. Does it bother you when they tell us something? Poor Padre Pio was told he wasn't allowed to say mass publicly for three, four, five years. I forget how long it was. And did he complain? He humbled himself and said, okay, I will be obedient. Ah, the church is nuts. But he was obedient. And thus he grew in holiness. If you and I are going to grow in holiness this year, we need to be people that humble ourselves in obedience to another. If not, our pride will take over. And if we're humbled sometimes, if we're told no sometimes, if we're told no, you can't do that sometimes, praise God. Because now you and I will embrace the cross, which is what he calls us to do. No one can be my disciple unless he picks up his cross every day and follows in my steps. To pick up the cross of Christ means to deny our very selves. And that'll happen most in prayer and obedience. May each of you know God's love and Mary's today and forever. Amen.